welcome Hoosier fans to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most interesting topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 180th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 635th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, July 30th, 2020. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner Moment. This week's banner moment occurred on Tuesday when the Indiana basketball program held a Zoom meeting with the local media. This hour-long interview with Coach Miller and several players shared some insight into what has happened on campus this summer in the limited offseason. Coach Miller seems really dialed in on what needs to happen in regards to all the safety protocols and seems to appreciate the attitude and work that the players have brought in just over six weeks. Of the many takeaways from the interview, Coach Miller's praise of freshman Christian Lander really stood out. Quote, he is so gifted on the court and has such a great feel that you can't teach, quote, Miller said. Quote, that's the one thing about him that I've always said and I still feel about him right now. He just has that it factor, that feel factor with the ball and his ability to know how to play. And as a point guard, not having to teach them how to play sometimes, you know you have a good one, end quote. This is good for the young man who could be starting his senior year of high school. It is good for the Indiana basketball program that despite that said youth, Christian has that it factor and it's showing in early workouts. Also having a second point guard helps with the offense, which has struggled in the past couple of years. Christian Lander can help Indiana play more up-tempo, and Coach Miller also hinted about playing, quote, more guard-oriented offense. All of this is good news in pursuit of that sixth banner. Whoa, Coach. Uh, I mean, pursuit of an NCAA berth first, uh, but some good news coming out of Bloomington. Okay, now let me introduce my esteemed co-hosts for this week's show. Andy and Jared are both off this week with Andy celebrating his birthday on Friday. Happy birthday, Andy. I'll get to your birthday thing, but now we're going to go to Jared. I mean, Jared. Ryan, wrong drop. Let add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own gym. So, so mess that up. Um, but, but we do have something special for Andy after, after your um, rant. What, what are you ranting about, uh, Ryan? Don't worry, Coach. I mean, we're all rusty. Basketball just came back tonight officially, <laughs> so we're all kind of rusty. Uh, yeah, that, and that's actually what I'm going to rant about, is that basketball is back after 140 days. The NBA returned tonight to regular season action. I know it's not college basketball. This is a college basketball, Indiana Hoosiers-related podcast. But it's a step in the right direction. We've seen uh, actually over the last couple of weeks how effective the bubble concept can be. And we're seeing no positive tests for the NBA. The NHL is starting its uh, <clears throat> its return to play and has uh, succeeded incredibly with the bubble concept. Then we've seen Major League Baseball where a couple guys going out can cause an outbreak on an entire team. So I, I think where I'm going here is – this is a wake-up call. What's happened in baseball versus what's happened in basketball and the NHL is a wake-up call for all these sports that are starting to plan their return. Those players and those coaches and these you know, conference commissioners and all of that have to be incredibly smart moving forward. You can see how easy it is to catch this virus and how quickly it can spread through a locker room, a clubhouse, a group of people hanging out. So when they do bring sports back, I'm not saying you got to stick these kids in a bubble the way the NBA has done. Obviously, they're not paid. It's not, you know, this isn't their, they can't divorce themselves from life for four months to go do this. Uh, But I do think that we're going to have to monitor people very closely, make sure that, you know, these people are keeping each other in check and, and, and you know, and test them. You know, to a ridiculous degree, if we're going to hope to finish a season, as we've seen, the Marlins had to shut down for a week because a couple guys allegedly went out to uh, uh, for a night in Atlanta. And, 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 and now they've got what, 19, you know, it's, it's, it's in the teens, guys, 17 guys associated with the team have yep. tested positive. That just shows you how quickly this can spread. And so as we're moving forward, look at what the NBA's done. They've kept guys locked down in a bubble and it's worked. 
so far. College basketball, college football, the NFL all have to take lessons from that. Maybe you can't lock them down physically, but you can try or educate them, tell them to limit their exposure. And it's on the teammates of the players to keep each other in check. Hey, man, I don't want to get it. So you shouldn't be going out to the bars, you know, that kind of stuff. So um, I would say this is, you know, a chance for to learn. Uh, from the other sports that have gone on, especially related to college basketball, college football, and, and what's going to go on this fall. And, and it's just important that once it comes back, we, we really don't want to lose it again um, in, in whatever fashion. So hopefully there's some lessons to be learned there. And we do, I have now located uh, the little happy birthday thing for uh, our, our buddy Andy. To the man himself, Andy Bottoms. Happy birthday. Hope you have a great one. Enjoy it and live it up. Thanks, Robert. And we do wish you, Andy, a happy birthday uh, tomorrow, I believe Friday, as we're recording this on Thursday. But here's what we're going to talk about this week. We have some Hoosier headlines. And then in the second segment, we're going to analyze uh, IU players' shot forms. And in the third segment, we'll take your questions. All of that is coming up uh, this week on Assembly Call Radio. And before we get into all of that, a, a few uh, things to remember. Please continue to support our friends at Homefield. They're doing a great job with the Saturday reveal, uh, getting 15 new schools. So check that out. Uh, at homefieldapparel.com backslash assembly 20. Make sure you uh, check them out and support them. We do appreciate. Here are the Hoosier uh, headlines. Archie Miller and and the players held that Zoom press conference. There was a lot in there. Uh, Race Thompson being a leader was brought up. A guard-oriented offense, tempo and ball screens. Uh, It seems the freshmen have brought a togetherness since a lot of them played together on the AAU, and that has led to an easier transition. Um, The delay... Because of the COVID situation, Archie says that the team is really just now in midsummer form, uh, where they usually would be in midsummer and need to make up ground, but you can't make it up all the time. And, uh, you know, Coach Miller seemed to be on top of this new protocol and, and not necessarily being happy with it, but accepting it and moving forward. Jordan Geronimo uh, sent out a picture but before and after the jacked. six weeks. Holy just cow. Just jacked. Uh, you know. His just legs, like look at the look at the side by side of the legs. Yeah, it's just what happened, dude. Uh, uh, but yeah, my ripped, Cl- man. Cliff that kid Marshall was taking this training seriously. Quickly gets to uh, change these guys' bodies, um, and then eight give Cliff I- a raise, guys. Yeah, no kidding. AU eight IU players are participating in the um, NBA bubble that uh, you mentioned and just got started here, and have a uh, very close game here uh, wrapping up right uh, uh, as as we're recording. So. Anything um, stand out for for you in in those Hoosier headlines? You know, I thought I thought Archie Miller's uh, Zoom call—I call it a press conference—but you know, Zoom call with with reporters. I thought there was some interesting stuff in there, um, specifically stuff you mentioned about Lander being just exactly who we expected him to be, kind of. And uh, you know, talking about how the freshmen were really coming along, and and I think this freshman class, more than any in recent memory, is going to be the most prepared to fill their roles because, again. We've said this repeatedly about these freshmen, excepting Lander. We're talking about the core class that Lander is technically he's part of this freshman class, but really he was the year before, but these guys have all played together. And, and what I would say about the other three is that they can come in and be freshmen and just be role players and find their role and develop their games as they find their role. Whereas a lot of times we're having freshmen come in and have to be the guy right away or, you know, be a huge part of the starting lineup. Even Lander, may not be a starter as the season begins. Uh, there's certainly that possibility exists. I think he's going to play a lot, but uh, you know, he may not be, you got to come in and run the point right away. And, and, and I think that that speaks to the fact that this roster is getting older and we've talked about it, getting deeper and getting more athletic, getting more versatile. So guys can play different roles for this team. So I think it's great that the freshmen are fitting in. And I think, as I said, they're the most prepared group of freshmen for their role that we've seen in a long time come through Indiana, even predating Archie Miller. So it's, it's really nice to see that and to see that he thinks that too, after getting to see them behind closed doors. I also think that it was nice to hear and music to a lot of people's ears that he wants to push the tempo. And, and that was, that was my main takeaway from all of this was he really wants to push the tempo and thinks that they finally have the team to be able to do that. And that, you know, being able to push the tempo, getting easy buckets in transition, 
covers up a lot of the potential other issues you have offensively. If the offense gets bogged down and things like that, if you're able to get quick, easy buckets in transition, eight to 10 a game, it takes you from a team that might be scoring in the 60s to a team that might be scoring in the 70s. And it covers up, as I said, all those other little flaws you might have. Getting easy buckets in transition makes it a little easier to wear the fact that you may not have a bunch of knockdown shooters if you can get points other ways. So finding points in other ways is a big deal for this team moving forward, whether it be from behind the arc because the guys develop and become better shooters, as we'll talk about, or whether it be from a big man running the floor or just everybody getting up the floor and getting an easy bucket transition. Yeah, I I liked your comment about these uh, freshmen being ready to play. They all have unique skills uh, that can be brought into any game depending on what's the need. And I think the best thing is that with them playing together, they are going to elevate practice because you know where a guy needs the, the, the ball thrown to you. If, if, if all the freshmen are playing against the seven guys that are returning, you know the little secrets of, of playing with each other, and it seems like they're all competitors. Um, they're, they're all hard workers. They're yeah. all dive-on-the-floor type of guys that will work on, on, on their game, and that just elevates the whole level uh, because no, no veteran wants a freshman to come in and, and take any of their minutes. You do want the team to, to play well, and you cheer for your teammates, but there is a little bit of competition uh, in there. And then in getting ready for our second segment, they all have relatively decent shot forms. Um, there is nothing, yeah. no glaring weakness. You know, We know Trey struggled, and you wonder how much of that was with his injury, and we'll get into details with that. But in looking and preparing today, I thought, my, my goodness, these guys can – in, in the right situation. Now, doing it in high school and AAU is one thing. The speed of the game and getting open and getting your, your shot prep done is a, is a different thing. But I just think this team has more to offer, and it just sounds like the offense is going to be a little more exciting. Uh, you have a, little, a few more guards that uh, can really handle the basketball and push tempo. So it's going to be um, you know, an interesting year, and then it just piggybacks to your rant of why it's important uh, for everyone to do what they can, regardless of, of where you are on, on this COVID stuff, to, to just stop the spread and, and move forward so we can get back to uh, some semblance of uh, athletics as, as we know it. Especially because regardless of, of how severe it, it each case is, the number of cases are what's going to determine whether things get shut down. I mean, that's just a fact of life. Whether you believe that's important or not, that's a fact of life. So we got to prevent people from getting it in these bubbles because they'll spread it, and you got to keep that number down. Keep that number down and let's play some basketball. And, and, and again, it's just as exciting to hear basketball talk. Uh, we've yeah. all been involved in, in other things way too long, uh, some basketball talk. So, okay, coming up uh, tonight's show um, will be with me, the coach, and the shot doctor. Uh, and we're going to get down to some business here talking um, – uh, using our time wisely and figuring out uh, the shot forms of the Indiana players and, and one of the things that Indiana struggled with in the, in the uh, past. So segment two will be about shooting. Stick with us. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. What's up, y'all? It's Devontae Green, giving you the green light to watch Assembly Call after every IU game. Just don't listen to their opinions about shot selection. Remember, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Go Hoosiers. Welcome back to the Assembly Call. Uh, We are going to talk shot selection. We're going to talk shot form. So, Devontae, if you want to tune in, uh, maybe we can help you out a little bit. But uh, thanks for listening to the assembly call. You can find all our content at our website, assemblycall.com. And if you ever want to join the chat mob during our unedited live broadcast or watch these replays and see all the in-between segment banner, then check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com backslash assembly call. I'm the coach Brian Tonsoni here with the shot, Dr. Ryan Phillips. And let's talk, uh, some shooting, which has uh, been an issue for your Indiana Hoosiers for a while. And, 
we're going to talk about the form, uh, which is a big part of shooting. It's not the only thing. The offense has to get good shots too, but we're going to talk about shot form. And, and Ryan, um, you are known as a shot doctor. So what are some of the key aspects uh, to look for in a, in a good shot form from a basketball uh, player? Well, for me, and I know I'm, it, look, when I get hired as a shot doctor coach, you're going to come and be my assistant. We're, All right. Very good. We're, we're very simpatico on a lot of That's these right. things, but I think, I think it starts from the ground up. That's what I was always taught. It's, it's about, first of all, balance is number one. When you approach, and this works for all of basketball, but it starts for a shot. I mean, when you catch the ball, you have to be on balance. You have to be square. And, and when you catch it, you should always be square to the basket. And, and, and for shooting, for, for getting ready to drive, whatever, square up to the basket. Your feet should be planted in the same. I, I think you should be a little bit up on the balls of your feet, planted, facing the hoop, square your shoulders, feet in the same position, facing the basket. And then I think the, the key components of a shot are you rise and fire your shot in one motion. It's not a jump, then shoot. And some guys do that who are super athletic. They jump and they try and shoot at the top of their, of, of their jump. If you start your shooting motion as you jump, you will finish it at the top of your jump anyway. And so I think that that's a huge thing that a lot of guys don't get over. They have two separate mechanisms, the jump and the shot. It needs to be one fluid motion if it's going to work. And also I think that it's, it's a lot of as long as you remain square throughout, your wrist and your, your hand and your fingers are going to do all the work for you as opposed to having to push your arm into it or – or need to, you know, shoulder up a little bit more into your shot. If you are square, your body is going to do all of that work. Your eye is on the rim and your brain is calculating how much force you need to put in that for you. It should be natural. You don't have to think about it. That is already, that calculation is already done for you. You rise up, you follow through. A good follow through is very important. Leaving it up is, you know, I, I used to be told that it's like you're grabbing money out of the basket. You know, you reach and you're grabbing money out of the basket. Keep that hand out. And I, so I think it's one motion square to the basket and, and <clears throat> letting your hand and wrist do the work as opposed to pushing with your arm or something like that that could lead you to be not square throughout the shot. So when you shoot, technically when you shoot the basketball and release it, you should land in the same direction you just shot facing. I know some guys twist a little bit. If you're twisting a lot though, and you're landing, you know, angled to the basket, then something's wrong and you need to calm that down. T terminology is really important. And, and I'm, I'm going to take something that you said, because I always tell players to shoot on the way up, which is what you said with your legs and the motion starting. But I also find myself saying, shoot at the top of your jump. And it's not shoot, it's finish. I like your word finish at the top. And, and, and you don't want to hold on to it. When you see players missing short, it's because they are starting to decrease from their jump and the power, they've lost all power from their legs. And then it's a and push. It becomes with, all arms. Then it's all yeah. arms. And then it's just hard to get into a good groove with that. So finish at the top of, of your jump and shoot you know, on the way up. Those are two things that I, I, I agree with the good shot from. I like to watch the elbow too. I like the elbow mm -hmm. in as opposed to the elbow out to keep yep. the ball straight. Everything Classic. you said, yeah. I, I agree, but the elbow in. And in doing some of these clips on, on our community, uh, you do see guys, they all generally get to the point where their elbow is in, but sometimes they start with it out and then move. And the more movement you have in getting to your sneaks. shot, the more air you can have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, you know, you want to get solid early uh, with your feet and with your elbow and with your hands and maintain that throughout the shot instead of having to bring everything um, to a certain point. So, those are some things I think are very important in looking one at thing good I think shooters. Is, is worth noting. One thing I think is worth noting, coach, is you don't have to have perfect form for shots to go in. And some guys shoot and have different, you know, some guys do as they shoot, follow through and twist a little bit. And it works, that works for them. It's just the thing is when you have good form, it lessens the percentage of chance for error. Correct. You know, if you have great form, you're still going to miss shots, but the chances for error are so much smaller. Now, if you have, uh, you know, Jordan Hall's had a weird shot where he was off to the side doing that, and he made him. He made him at a historic clip for Indiana. But you wouldn't if you teach that to someone. There's a lot right. of room for error, and there's a lot of moving parts in there, and there's a lot of things that just are hard to correct when they go wrong. And so that's why shooting form is so important. It isn't that that's the ticket to always making the shot. It's that there's easier, the, the corrections are easier and smaller when you do go wrong. Let, let me ask you this. Um, 
Do you believe at this level, at the college level, you can break down someone's form and reteach them a better form? Or is it better to just fix a focus on a few things and, and just groove the shot that they brought with them uh, into, into college? It would depend on how bad it is. You know, I mean, if it is just atrocious and they're missing by five, you know, I mean, like it's just off completely. Yeah, I think you need to, especially if you're trying to get this guy to the next level. Because if you, you, you know, at, at the next level, it's never going to, you know, Rajon Rondo's shot, you have to fix that. You know what I mean? Like, I, it was, and he's a guy who's worked on it and, and, and tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it and tweaked it and gotten a little better. Um, but if you see that coming out of high school and that you want this guy to be a point guard that goes to the next level, you got to start to fix it. Now, if he's a guy who has a weird shot and knocks down a lot of threes, don't fix it, tweak it, you know, like iron out some of the issues. And, and that. So it would depend on how good a shooter he is. If he's bad, he should have no problem breaking himself down and building himself back up. He's just got to be willing to do the work. And, yeah. and, and look, rebuilding a shot is not easy. It takes a long time to get rid of old habits, first of all, and then build new good habits. It's a intensive, you know, awful process to go through to get it there. Muscle memory is hard to break down hard. and then, then to create a new set of muscle memory to do it correct. But I think you're right. I think you can do it, but you're going to see worse results early. Uh, uh, it might take a couple off-season workouts to really get – you got to identify it early because it's, it's going to be hard yeah. to do in one off-season. The older you get. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and a lot of these guys are already grooved. But the things that I like to point out to shooters, if they have a funky shot – is just some constant things, a follow-through. A follow-through is a softer shot. So even if your form's not good, you can say, hold your follow-through, land closer. You mentioned the landing of, of your feet. It doesn't matter what your shot form is, whether you twist or not, but if you land closer and don't fade left or right or backwards, those are things that you can yep. fix even if your should shot form should always be jumping towards the basket. It's yes. not perfect. So when no. we see players that have a little bit of a hitch or a ball out to, to the side of their head like Jordan Hulls or you know, when we talk Jerome Hunter, he he brings it here across his eyes above his head, which I would not teach that, but he has that, and as long as he's hitting Make sure that the ball's straight. Make sure that he's landing closer. Fix some of those things that all shooters need to do, irregardless of form. I would say one last thing I would I would talk about on your shooting form, and I was taught this at a young age, and it immediately improved my shot. Was to shoot out and not, or to shoot up and not out. Yes, you know a lot of guys shoot at the basket, and it's a line drive, and it's so much harder to make a line drive than it is a feathered you know, parabola of a shot. You know, and and so while you shouldn't rainbow it to the roof. It's, it's, it's more important to get backspin on the ball, to release, get that backwards rotation and shoot it up. Because if you do that, the rotation coming back will carry it right to the rim if you shoot it up. And, and so if you shoot it right. And so I think that's another thing that's important is height on the shot. If you're shooting darts, line drive darts, you're going to hit a lot of front rim. You're going to hit a lot of back rim. Yep. But if you shoot it up and get that arc on it, you're going to start falling in between. Got to give the, again, gotta give the ball a chance a, to go in. Exactly. And there's a lot more leeway when you've got it coming from a higher angle of maybe you hit the back of the rim, but it goes down. Maybe you slip it just over the front of the rim. Maybe you rattle it in. Maybe you bounce, hit the back. You know, I mean, there's a lot more leeway when you're shooting up. When you're shooting out, you got to hit it perfect. Yeah. When you're shooting a line drive, you got to hit it perfect. And as a, as a high school coach, one of the things that I don't like is the three-point line for early ages because you get that push. Agreed. You get that push and that lunge and that twist of the body and the form Look, if you're out there, is bad. If you're out there and you got kids, do not let them start shooting three pointers until they get no. to high school. Ten to fifteen Shoot footers max, max, because they're not strong enough to get it up there. Once they start getting some muscles and start getting stronger, they'll have the ability to you know softly shoot it instead of chucking it at the thing. So okay, I think that so is, so there you me, have really some of our uh, ideas on just basic shot form. Let's run through the uh, seven perimeter players, and we might even throw race in there because we know you like it, Ryan, at the end. But these guys are generally going to be shooting the threes uh, on Indiana's team next year. So Al Durham, uh, one of the things I thought Al Durham's shot got a lot more uh, elevation. Um, he, he lifted the ball a lot too. better, and it was softer. And you saw his shooting percentage go up, uh, and he's – He's pretty good off the move, too, in, in getting planted and going straight up and straight down. A nice high follow-through. I think right now he's the best shooter, at least coming back, and the one that can maybe elevate up over 40%. Your thoughts on L. Durham shooting? 
Yeah, I think his shot has gotten smoother. I think he does rotate his body when he shoots a lot, mm-hmm. but I think that it's it's not as egregious. He shoots on the way up and finishes at the top. He has a lot of good habits. I think he was a big part of that push last year. Indiana improved three-point shooting. Still wasn't great, but they improved their three-point percentage as a team almost 100 places uh, from, from it was 312 to 326, but they moved to 219th from 317th. And a lot of that was a guy like Al becoming more consistent with his three-point shot. He thought he shot 34% as a, as a sophomore, and then as a junior, he shot 38%. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a significant jump, given the volume. And so what I like about his shot is he, he catches ready to shoot is one. He's always ready to shoot or drive. Um, and, and again, smooth catches goes and, and releases, as you said, finishes at the top. Uh, and, and I think that the ball looks good coming out of his hands. I think when he came out of high school, he didn't have a lot of good rotation. His release was a little off. He would sometimes be sideways on his release. Now he still shifts, but he shifts through the shot releases. If you snapshot that release, he's not as twisted. It's, it's that he lands twisted. Yep. And so even that, he doesn't do that all the time. It's usually when he's shooting from the corner, you see that over from the straight on. He does pretty well. Rob Finnessy, um, Rob Finnessy at times was able to hit some shots. Um, we detailed um, one of the games where he got early shots. Um, his health has to play a, a big part of that. Was he healthy leg-wise and, and all of the issues last year? Uh, but we think uh, I think Al can uh, be better. I think sometimes uh, we talked before the show about how quickly he gets the shot off, uh, but I think he has pretty good form. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it takes him a while to set up. You know, it feels like he catches, sets, you know, he, he, he'll catch the ball, set up, jump, shoot. Uh, I think he's got good form when he puts it all together smoothly, but it feels like it's, and of course we're talking, you know, tenths of a second here, how long it takes, but that stuff adds up if you're going through and the defender's closing out on you. And so I think that Rob has a good shot and is certainly improved and it's improved definitely since his junior year of high school to, to senior year, to freshman year, to sophomore year it's moved up the ladder of being better. I just feel like it has to be better as far as being quicker. And, and it feels like, a you know, Rob overthinks a lot. And so I feel like he's almost like, catch it. Should I shoot it? Okay, yeah, I'll shoot it. Let me get set and then shoot. Whereas it needs to just be instinctive. It needs to just go. Appropriately aggressive is, is what yeah. I call it. I'll give you a license to shoot. Uh, I'll also give you a license to miss, but don't hesitate. Um, and if you miss too much, then we'll pull you back, um, which you needed to do with some of the, some guys at some times, Jerome Hunter, I think is a, is a nice shooter. He shot 36% in big 10 play. Uh, he didn't shoot well early on. Some of that was become, because maybe he was coming back from a, a year rusty. off and, and yeah, was rusty. rusty. He has an interesting form because he, he starts the ball to the left of his head and brings it up over it across his body to get to a straight position, which can lead to some misses to the right. Um, he is a better step into shooter, which I mean, one, two on the pass out of the post or a drive and kick than anything coming off a screen flare cuts when he's on the move, he has a tendency to, to fade in, in my opinion, your thoughts on Jerome Hunter shooting smoothest shooter on the team. Uh, you're right. He does take it from left to right. Unless he's receiving a pass from the right, he'll, he'll, you know, go straight up then, but he goes straight up. I mean, he does just catch and go, and he doesn't question it, and he, he doesn't have a, you know, we talked about during the season saying he doesn't really have a conscience. He's willing to shoot at any time, and uh, I like his form. I think it's a solid shooting form. I think some of his issues early on were he was line driving a lot of shots because he wasn't getting the lift of his legs that that I think that he will eventually once he's held fully, you know, I mean, this coming year, he'll be fully healthy, uh, we assume, as long as those tonsils heal up. Um, so, but I think that he just jumps into his shot and it looks, it's the form of a shooter and he has the confidence when he shoots of a shooter. And so I think, yeah, there's tweaks here and there. Maybe he fades a little bit. Sometimes he shifts his body a little bit sometimes, but in general, he has all the things you want. He rises, he fires at the top, he finishes at the top of his, of his jump, as you uh, said, and he follows through with his hand and he just has the confidence to go do it. He doesn't think about it. And I think that was a big difference between yep. him and a lot of the players on the team. And we put a, a clip together in our community. And in, in researching that, when he played over 20 minutes, he shot 52% from three. He he needs to be a rhythm guy and, and getting that rhythm. Uh, and so I think um, 
that's that's important for Jerome. Um, another returner is Armand Franklin, and I thought Armand Franklin did a nice job shooting the basketball. His percentage wasn't really good. I think some of it was shot selection as opposed to shot yes. form as a freshman. Did he really understand when and, and where and what time of game to take shots? But, boy, he hit some big ones against Notre Dame uh, in, a, in a big win and wasn't afraid to take one uh, late in the game against Notre Dame. I look for him to be a better shooter because I think his form is pretty good as far as landing close, getting good elevation, the elbow is in. Those are really good things. It's just now playing at that speed uh, of college and learning that game. I, I look for his percentage to go up. Yeah, and I think he rushed a lot of shots last year. Not, not you know, his decision to take it, but in through his form. He shot it real quick. And I think that that happens when a freshman, you know, everybody defends a little bit quicker at the college level than the high school level. So guys are closing out to you faster. So it was almost like a couple times he, when he would shoot that I saw on film when, you know, researching this, it was sort of like, oh, I got to get it up real quick. And so he rushed through it. So when you rush, you're line driving or you're shooting it way short. You know, you're, you're not on yourself. You need to go up and shoot it confidently. He has the confidence to shoot. It was just in the midst of his form, he's rushing. And, and so I think, again, as he gets a confidence of playing at the college level, maybe now that he's done with his freshman year, he'll slow down a little bit. And, and the game slows down for you as you get older as well. So I think that all of that combined, he certainly has a form that could be a three-point shooter. I don't know if he'll be a 40% guy, but he's certainly a guy who can yep. knock down open. You, it, you bring up a great point about shooting. you got to get ready to shoot fast. Once you deter- decide to shoot, the form has to be fluid. It can't be rushed. Um, so in a faster-paced college game, collegiate game, you've got to get to a, a spot that's a little further away from the defender. You've got to be a little quicker on your footwork. But once you start to elevate... Go through your cut fast. Yes. you got to go through your cut fast. Absolutely. To get you open, you know. From once you decide to push from your legs, you can't really do the, the shot technique faster. You'll have a lot more air in the shot. So that leaves us uh, four freshmen. We'll run through those um, somewhat quickly here um, as we're ending up um, section two uh, of the show tonight. But uh, Anthony Leal, I think, has really good form. Uh, he has he was doesn't have a lot coach, of elevation. But yeah, well he, coached. Though. Yes, um, the, the form is there. He's one that's going to be like Armand. That's going to have to learn at this next level. Playing AU is one thing, but college Big Ten level is the next thing. But his form is really, really pure, in my opinion. Yeah, and he's also a guy who a has been coached well, as I said. B he's made some big shots already, so he has confidence. He's made some game winners, you know, all that stuff. He has that confidence. It'll take some time, of course, to adjust to the next level, but. From the you know bones of what he's got of a shot, very good, very encouraging. And um, Trey Galloway, uh, a lot has been said about his poor numbers in high school. He had a wrist injury. Um, his form seems to me as a little bit more of a traditional set shot with minimal um, uh, elevation from his legs, and that leads to a little bit of a more wrist action, I think, in, in looking at him quickly this week where he, he flings it, and if you have a bad wrist, that that can throw your shot off. So he's, he's got to be able to use his legs a little more, get a little stronger. And then if he's healthy, I think you'll see his shooting be decent. Not He won't be the greatest shooter, but he'll be able to knock down some key shots, in my opinion, because his legs and his square uh, to the basket, all of that is 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 ready to improve, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think that we're going to have to wait to see him fully healthy. If that wrist injury is healed, we might see a different version of Trey's shot a little bit. You know, it might be a li- something he's a little more confident in. And then Jordan Geronimo um, is a guy with great elevation. When, when looking at his film, boy, he gets off the ground. He's more of an inside-out guy, too, if, if the driving kick or the ball's inside kick out. But he can really get above closeouts, and he has good elbow position and a good follow-through. Uh, high arcing, high arcing shot. I I just think that he is going to be someone that maybe not this year, but by the time he's done being an Indiana Hoosier, who's a solid three point threat. Yeah. I think he's got all the, again, the bones of his shot are fantastic. And, and it's just a matter of getting him reps out there. And apparently this year in high school, we didn't see a lot from, you know, because New Hampshire, he was playing in New Hampshire and there just doesn't, you know, it's not a lot of video coming out of there and the the competition isn't terribly great. But you just saw what you did see is you saw a real development there and a real confidence in his shot. And, and again, it'll take time for him to adjust to that at the college level. But what, you know, the bones of what he's got in his shot are fantastic. 
And then Christian Lander is the last perimeter player that we're going to talk about tonight. And he really has an interesting shot. I think it's nice, but it's different. When he has a pull-up game in traffic at 15 feet, he really gets off the ground and is square to the basket. When he comes off screens and is out outside the three-point line, he's a little more angled with his legs, and, and it's a little more sideways uh, uh, setup of a shot, but the ball goes in. So he's got two different kind of forms depending on the shot that he's taking. Yeah, and his three point shot, as you talk, as you discuss, he gets up real high in the in the mid range. But his three point shot, a lot of times, his left foot is way ahead of his right. He's kind of angled, you know, diagonally from the hoop, and and it's really interesting. I think that they got to change that uh, from him without being too drastic and and you know tearing it apart. I think you got to gradually fix that so he's square to the basket when he's shooting. I think more of those would go in. He already makes a decent amount of threes. And he's a pretty good shooter inside the three-point line. But sometimes young kids, they see that three-point line, they think, oh, I got to put more into this shot. And they change the way they shoot from beyond the three-point line. You can see that with Christian Lander pretty obviously. I did that in high school. You know, you step behind that line, you're thinking, oh, this is the shot's worth more. It's further when it's a foot further than the shot you're taking, you know, a step inside the three-point line. It's a psychological thing. Some kids do that. I think Christian Lander can get to the point where he's a real good shooter. He has great rotation on the ball and a good follow-through. It's just a matter of getting him squared. Do you think his shot's a little low from three? Um, it is. You know, he not, he's got to get here. the ball. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and so that's I, something against again, defenses those, he's going to have to fix. A little bit, yeah, especially at the next level. And so it'll be interesting, to, yeah, because he kind of – you watch it, and he shoots from here and shoots out. And I just – I think that you – you have to fix those things, but maybe that's not a freshman year thing. I think it's a gradual progression of getting those things fixed. And someone we didn't talk about, but who I think can shoot the three, we, we can just go real quick because he's a, he's a big buddy of yours, is Race Thompson. I, I think has really good form for a, a post player and would really like to see him have some capability to be a stretch four. Uh, do you think he has that in him? He's got to build that confidence because he did it in high school. You watch his high school film. He can knock down jumpers from outside, maybe 17, 18 feet out to the three-point line. And I don't know. Yeah, I think he can knock down shots. I like his form. And last year when he would take threes, I liked his form for the most part. He was maybe a little long, maybe a little short, maybe, you know, rushed it a little. Maybe you took too long on it, whatever it is. Uh, I, I do think that there is a shot there to be mined and a shot there to be developed. And, and he's a guy who, again, you watch high school film. He makes his shots. So we'll I think see. he was three of 10, 30%. Um, I, I'd hey, like to maybe, see him maybe, shoot Maybe this more. year he'll be four of 10 and crack right. 40%. Let, no, there, if, he there can, you go. if he can be a weapon on the court and that way you can move him on the perimeter with Tracy Jackson Davis alone in the post and you got four guys who can knock down shots on the outside, that's exactly what Archie Miller wants. So overall, Indiana's shooting form is is pretty decent from the players they have coming back. It it's now up to running decent offense and having good uh, shot selection and understanding within the offense of when to shoot and not taking so many late shot clock threes. But uh, if Indiana shooting can improve, we know the post play is is really solid. So hopefully that'll give you a little bit of insight to what we think about Indiana shooters, and hopefully uh, the percentage goes up again this year. But uh, coming up in our third segment. We'll answer your questions, including one that is going to force Ryan to say something nice about a former IU player he has been notoriously critical of. Who is it? Stick with us here on the Assembly Call to find out. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Sticky notes. Email alerts. A string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player fine. Hi, this is James Blackman Jr. I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call. Go Hoosiers. Welcome back to The Assembly Call. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with the shot doctor, Ryan Phillips, and we're just glad to have shooters like James Blackman Jr. uh, help us on tonight's show about shooting. And uh, remember, 
to everyone out there, you need to be subscribed to our email newsletter. We send out a weekly IU news roundup, even during the off season. And after every game, we send out a detailed post-game analysis. Just text IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. That's IU to 66866 or go to assemblycall.com. It's time now. For our mailbag, all questions were submitted via our private IU basketball discussion community at assemblycall.com backslash community. And here we go. It's not that good, but it's not that bad. It's Jay's Mediocre Question. Jay's Mediocre Question this week says, uh, since we're discussing shooting for the upcoming season, which IU player will attempt the most three-pointers and which player will shoot the highest percentage from three, minimum of 50 attempts? Ryan? I think the most attempts is going to be a very tight battle between Al Durham and Jerome Hunter. I don't know who's going to win it because we don't know if Jerome's going to play full-time minutes or, or what that's going to be. It's going to be one of those two guys would be my guess. And then highest percentage, I'll go with Al. Yeah. I, I think Al Durham on, on both of those. Um, it would be my call. I just think he had a, had a nice year last year. I'd like to see him shoot more. The question is, when you shoot more, is your percentage going to stay uh, where it was or, or get better? I was thinking, if Hunter shoots more, he's going to have he might have a lower percentage. So I'm going to yeah. bank on the 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 split there. I think maybe I'll go. I'll change my first answer. I'll say Hunter definitively will shoot more. Durham will have the higher percentage, but they'll be close. I think they're both going to be good shooters this year. Yeah, and let's just hope there's a lot of people challenging for that. Uh, more guard-oriented, yeah. guard faster pace, inside-out threes going in, and, and a lot of people uh, shooting good percentages. Uh, Richie uh, asked this question. In IU history, who has had the perfect shot form and the perfect free-throw form? Uh, and then he said, I just want to hear Ryan say something good about Alford because he's got to be one of the two answers, if not the only answer. Uh, I w- yeah, it's Steve Alford. As the best shooting for. Hey, here's the thing. I've never had a problem with Steve Alford, the basketball player, the player. I loved watching Steve Alford play, even when I wasn't at the time a big, like I didn't go to, I didn't grow up in Indiana. I didn't go to Indiana, but I watched Indiana play. I loved watching Steve Alford play. Uh, I don't love him as a coach. So that's my own. But yeah, his shot form was picture perfect. You know, Indiana's the state of Indiana basketball. There's been a lot of shooters that come out of uh, Indiana. You know, um, I wrote down Whitman, uh, Kitchell, Calbert Cheney's form underrated. was beautiful, right? Underrated uh, guy who had who had great shooting form when I was in school was Marshall Strickland. I thought his shot was pre- picture perfect. It's a, it's a, it's what we talked about: the jump, the finish at the top, perfect rotation, great release, square to the basket the whole way through. Well coached. Again, he was a guy who who really had beautiful shooting form. I mean, just throughout the the years, you go to Zizloff, Zizloff, and uh, Matt Roth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indiana has had shooters. That's what's been a struggle for us fans for, for a while here and to not have, you know, and then we had a couple guys on the show tonight. Uh, Devontae could fill it up. Um, his form mm-hmm. wasn't bad. It just maybe was a heat check city at times. But And then James Blackman Jr. had a beautiful shot, um, you know, uh, for Indiana. But we're probably leaving a lot of people out. Yogi was a, uh, you know, hit some big shots and had good form. So, you know, there's a lot, but the best yeah, Yogi is, had good form, but especially by the end, Yogi had yeah. great form. Alford was just pure with being square, mm-hmm. elbow in and on the catch, one. and from yeah, from day from, one didn't need to really. He had it when he came in, so th- that is just obviously the the player that we know um, is the best shooting for him. Um, Chad asks, "Can you think of any Hoosiers in history that had an unorthodox sh- shot uh, that kind of worked that that shouldn't have worked, but uh, maybe did work?" My first answer for this is always Jordan Hulls because it was all north. It was a shot put shot, but he wound up, you know, his release was good. It was, but it was, you know, it was that off. And again, he's probably a kid who started shooting like that when he was seven years old, you know, and he just kept it because it worked for him. And again, this goes back to that thing we said, don't let your kids shoot threes until they're strong enough to shoot threes. So they're not hurling the ball at the basket, but Jordan Hulls made it work. And I watched him in high school through college. I mean, I, I covered him in high school through college. The guy's shot never changed, and you could tell he worked on it constantly to figure out the, the ticks of that weird motion and make it work. And, Coach, you mentioned another one that's really interesting because he's gone on to the NBA to become a really good shooter. Yeah, the Eric Aaron. Gordon had a little bit of a hitch, a little bit of a, a fling uh, over his head uh, type action. Same with uh, Jay Edwards we talked about. 
Um, but all those guys well, got the ball to the right position eventually or had a good follow-through. Uh, but but the key thing is the shot went in. But it wasn't well, that Gordon, pure form. Yeah, Gordon also shoots out, not up a lot. Yes. Like his release is far away from his body when he and shoots it's low. It, it's a little it, low. It spins, it, it spins back and everything and does those things, but he shoots it away from his body instead of, you should be, you know, some guys, you should be shooting like you're in a phone booth. You, yep. know, st- you know, straight up or a little bit forward, and your form should be contained in a, in a square. He was, you know, way out with his. And, and that was an interesting question, trying to go back – and and remember, were there any, were there anyone that was really knocked down shooters that didn't look good? But you know, Jordan Hall's with the one on the side on the shot. And the, the thing that I don't mind about Jordan's shot on the on the side was his elbow was underneath the ball. Yeah, he there were elements of that that were great. Yes, that was perfect. He was, and he got off the ground and he held his follow through. Most shooters have the ball in front of their face, in front of their shooting eye, right hand or left hand. Yeah. He had it just totally off, which made it unorthodox. Uh, but the elbow in was the key because the ball was kept straight by Jordan when yep. when he shot. Um, Jared asks, if you could have your child adopt the shot form of any current or former Hoosier, who would it be? That kind of goes with Alford, obviously, but let's say current, let's just change that to current, uh, one oh, current, uh, he did say one righty, one lefty. So it could be current. There's or only former. one lefty on the team, right? Yeah. But let's, oh, let's no, just, I guess trace he's, but. he's wanting us to talk Calvert Cheney there. I think yeah, I know, um, I know. It's Calvert Cheney, Jared. Yeah, it is. You you, you <laughs> want to teach Calvert Cheney, you know, the all-time leading scorer in the Big Ten. So, Jared, the answer is Calvert Cheney, um, left or right-handed, if my son was left or right-handed. But, no, Alford's another one. Yeah, uh, of but course, boy, there's, that's good. There's a Marsh, bunch of them. From my time there, Strickland uh, had a beautiful shot. Uh, you know, Rod Wilmot had a really nice shot, but he was a guy who jumped five feet and then shot that kind of guy we were talking about that Uber athletic, but his form was actually really pretty. Um, but yeah, there's, there's plenty of guys over the years. I mean, Matt Roth would be a great one. If my, if my kid had shot like Matt Roth, I'd be very help, happy. Um, Sally asked an interesting question here, Lander and, uh, trace both being left-handed two left-handers on a team. Does that have any impact on the game as far as, you know, a weak side, strong side, or any kind of, um, action with with a guard and a post player being predominantly left-handed i'm not i'm not particularly worried about it i think both guys can use both hands i think trace was very left-hand dominant last year but we've seen him finish with his right hand i think that'll get better this year um so really he could set up on either side and i also think he's good enough to finish from either side of the court with his left hand too whether it's going short side baseline or going over the top i i I really think that he's a guy who can who can do all of that and uh, hey, and when it doesn't work out, just dunk with two hands. That's, you know, that's that's very easy for Trace. But Lander, I think I've seen him finish with both hands. He's left-hand dominant, but yep. but he can finish. I, I think the interesting thing with Lander is shooters who are left-handed are hard to guard because you're so used to closing out to the right hand. Um, so many shooters are right-handed that a perimeter left-handed player actually is an advantage. Um, you know, I've coached a couple left-handers, and it, it just seems like a, their shot form has been nice, and but it's again, it's just weird for uh, a young man to come and guard someone going to their left and, and shooting to their left if you played a lot of basketball. Sally also asked about any update on Jerome Hunter. I know that he had his tonsils taken care of. Uh, I don't know uh, what the Didn't status seem- is, but I haven't seen anything to the negative, so we assume that his tonsils are taken care of and he is in recovery uh, of some sort, eating ice cream and popsicles or whatever you do when you get your tonsils out. Yep. Seems like we're all good there. Like and, um, we just got about a minute and a half. Um, and Patrick asked this, um, that he still wants Ryan to rant on Archie talking about same day game travel, which he did in the, uh, zoom call. What did he say? I missed that part. He, he said that he, he's been on some messages with coaches or some zooms and talking about different things. And he brought up, um, I forget which coach said that they travel on the day or the morning of the game. And so he said, you know, we're trying to learn a lot of different things in this time with COVID and about basketball, about the protocols, and one of which might be, you know, how do we travel? He didn't say he's going to do same-day travel, but he said he is at least thinking about that. I suggested they do that last year. They did it one day for the Nebraska game and won. So I frankly think I'm a genius. Uh, You already knew that, though. And uh, I think maybe, you know, it would be good because what they were doing on the road – you know, the first couple of years did, didn't work particularly well. What what would be the what would be the cons of doing that uh, on game day? And we got about thirty seconds. 
Uh, you're just rushed and tired, I think, uh, is, is the worry. But it also, you don't have to sit in a, you know, sleep in a somebody else in a hotel room in a, in a strange city in another bed you're not used to. You don't have to change your, um, your, your setup for the day as you would for a home game. You just show up and go. And, uh, you know, it might not be the best idea in the world, but I was willing to throw out anything at that point of the season. And it did work. So, yeah, maybe that's what they need. And sometimes out of bad situations, something good uh, might happen, and maybe it's our travel arrangements. That's it. We're done. No more questions. <laughs> so that'll do it for this week's episode of the Assembly Call. If you'd like to see us do the show live, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. And don't forget to go to assemblycall.com or text IU to 66866 to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for producing all of the music you hear on the show, and thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Thursday night. Until then, um... Take it from me, Jordan Halls. Keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank everybody for coming out. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. All right. That'll do it. Oh, boy. Clippers or Lakers are up by 12. That's good to see. I got the Lakers at plus 40 on FanDuel. <laughs> they did a promotion. Coaches gambling tips. <laughs> yeah, big, big $5. Big $5 yeah. on my teaching salary. Hey, that's going to rebuild your uh, <laughs> your basement. My basement. That's right. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete, I tell you what. Daddy needs a new wall. Come We've on, had, let's um, go. I, I, I sometimes try to find some saneness and all the craziness, but we've owned homes now for about 26, 27 years. And we've had to put one roof on and now one wall in 26, 27 years of home ownership. So three homes, only a couple major projects. Once you get by the initial billing of, of the cost, (laughs) it's not bad. You get, you build three more walls. You could have had your own separate house (laughs) with the roof and four walls, coach. (laughs) Uh, uh, so yeah what what are you gonna do well if it makes you feel any better with the work on the house i'm i'm having to basically rebuild my truck right now so it feels like so i got i have until august 31st to get it smogged and to get a uh, smog check in california For those of you who don't know you have to get a smog check in california to get, you know it has to pass mm-hmm. inspection every two years i think or every year if it's an old car and every couple of years if it's a, a newer one um and so I have a, my dad and I have a month to fix whatever's wrong with my car. And it's the kind of thing where there's like 14, you know, codes on it. And yeah. Things are wrong. And it feels like we've done a lot of, over the last five years, we fixed a lot of things on it. Mostly he fixes. He just tells me what to do when I plug things together. I, I'm not <laughs> great with cars. Uh, uh, but we have a month to like fix everything. And it just feels like every time we fix something, I'll be driving along and the check engine light will pop up like three days later. And it's like, here's another thing you got to, cause it's, it's an 18 year old truck that only has 125,000 miles on it for 18 years, which is really good. That's, yeah. But it's a 2002. It's old. <laughs> I took that thing to Indiana and back, back to Indiana to Wisconsin and then back to California. So it's, it's, it's been, you know, used up, I think. So we'll yep. see what happens. That's, that's my, my drama going on. Yeah, we start up school next week, so that'll be interesting to see how that all what day? goes. Thursday, start Monday. Oh, start Thursday. Thir- well, teacher days are Tuesday and Wednesday, and then um, we go back Thursday. So we are in um, the uh, the good hope for me is that we are in a low rate county. You know, our percentage yeah. is real, real low. Um, so I'm hoping that 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 means good things for us going back. It it still is a little. I think we need to be back. I think actual learning in the classroom is better than remote learning. And of I'm course, a big, yeah. I'm a big tech guy. You know, we do a lot of stuff with technology, but you still need to have that mentor. But I, I, I just on. hope that we don't start and stop. And, you know, we go and get 10 to 12 people sick in our school corporation and have to stop. And I don't think that's, that's good either. So. Well, all we can do is, you know, do our best and hope yep. for the best. That- so that'll be interesting. But it's nice to have sports on. Got some baseball games on. Now, Padres. I, watched, I watched so much. I watched more baseball in the last week than I did all last season. Well, non uh, non Padres baseball. I watched Padres almost every night. But I watched more non Padres baseball last week than I've watched in 
years. Their like, uniforms just... are tight. Smoking, dude. They are Smoking. great. They are. Awesome. I, I haven't got them on TV yet. I'm gonna have to go find what channel they're on on Direct uh, I'll get you. I'll get you some 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 brown and that that yellow. gray. The outfits they had on the road the other day when it was gray with the brown tops. Oh, the brown tops are amazing. People think that these, the ones they're wearing tonight, which is like almost like sand colored, yeah, and pinstripes, and then the black, the brown, and, and oh yeah, gold are oh the yeah, best ones, oh yeah, so. these are nice. Yeah, with the matted. Um, brown helmet that, yeah yeah i love oh, dude they're so good <laughs> they they I, I will say that people with the pottery knocked it out of the park yes. getting away from that generic blue and white that they yep. had for so long which just isn't san diego at all i mean they basically look like a darker dodger uniform well and they took know? they got the old colors back without going to that crazy old you know like the astros went through it the padres went through it where it's really yeah. flamboyant baseball uniforms more yeah. softball no it's very league like, thing right yeah this is very baseball with colors that you don't see a lot yeah. which is it's just yeah it's not it's not it doesn't look like an arena league football uniform yeah trying to be big colors and yeah it's it's very cool. I love it, and they're very popular. Like people are apparently buying them from out of state, like like crazy. So, uh, any thoughts on Joe Kelly? Uh, honestly, he went for the head. I think yeah. his suspension is deserved. I, I, I like if he if he had thrown at the hip or the ribs, I'd be yep. like, don't even suspend him. Like yep. give him a game. Like but but going at the head with a night. You go to Bregman. I mean, like I I have no love for the Astros. I think right, me neither. Awful, and I think they should be hit and thrown at all yep. season. But going at Bregman's head at ninety eight, no, you deserve to be suspended because somebody yeah. somebody can get hurt. You yeah, know, that that's like, a, and that's a not just a career altering, but a life altering injury. Yeah. Could I, I'm generally not a throw at people type of guy in baseball. I know there's a lot of tradition in that, but um, I do think games police themselves, whether it be hockey, basketball, whatever. Yeah. Um, what the Astros did, and, and I'm also careful to say that other teams weren't trying to do something else with I'm binoculars sure or yeah. something else. But when you're caught. <laughs> and you're banging trash cans and it shows that you won and I, I don't have any sympathy for you but i don't want yeah balls at the head that's no that's that's that's, that's too far yeah but i did like I the pouty lip and the oh it was hilarious and the i words, even wrote that on twitter like, words I said, afterwards. That's really, the other thing about joe kelly that's weird is he was on the red sox in 2018 and won a world series there when they did the same thing the astros did i know yeah with joey cora moved know, over so it's <laughs> you know uh, Alex Cora, not Joey. Joey oh, Alex, that's right. Who played that's for the, right. Who, Joey Cora played for the Padres. You're, that's you're right. Padres that's right. No, but, but you know, so Joe Kelly wasn't on the 2017 Dodgers that lost the World Series, and then he was on a 2018 team that cheated and won a World <laughs> Series. So I'm not sure why he's the guy to send that message, but whatever. It was great. It was great theater. It was great. Like, it was definitely the big, the first big moment of baseball being back was that one. So yep. uh, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Anytime that uh, the Dodgers are involved in something negative, I'm, I'm happy. Here's, here's my idea. And then I'll let you go. Um, I, as a coach or a fan, I would love to have like the, I know they don't want to be mic'd up all the time, but I'd love to hear the noise without fans. Now you can hear coaching, have, have yeah. a crowd mic somewhere. And then maybe it's a pay for pay per view or something where, if you wanted to subscribe, you could, and you get all well, that what I'm, conversation. What I'm not liking is when they're bringing in interviews with people who aren't involved in the game, whether it's a player not involved in the game, yes, or they're bringing in like you know an executive not involved or, or something like that. Like I don't like that. Like I would so much rather do the spring training thing where you get an interview with a player on the field. Yes, like, that's interesting to me. Yeah, uh, those spring training interviews where they're interviewing guys like they did one with Mookie Betts that was really famous where they were talking to him and a fly ball got hit over his head and he just screamed, Oh, not getting this one yeah. fellas. You yeah. know I mean? Like that kind of stuff is awesome. And yeah. so I, that I would like more of, but I don't like these yeah. side interviews and stuff. I get that the players probably don't want the language that's used on the field. Right. Uh, mic'd up, right. but it is great. I mean, I, I love, you know, when a guy hits a home run, hearing the whole bench go nuts. Yes. You know, exactly. There's no, there's no crowd there. Yep. Or when it flies over the bullpen and the bullpen is screaming, you can hear yep. it there too. I mean, Basketball's got it done right because they can bubble, and if everyone stays in, they're going to be safe. But I miss I miss the arenas, like the different courts and everything. Like this agreed. is going to this is going to get old to me seeing the same court for all of the NBA games. You know, there's something about going to LA and that where baseball at least you got the unique stadiums without fans and you you know you're yeah. going to see some at Wrigley you're going to see some at Fenway you're going to see some at Petco Park uh you still have the the park there that's um but the basketball being the same 
It's just gonna yeah, be Yeah, it almost feels I, like you're watching a real live version of like a video game. Yes. They all play on the same, same yes. court, you know. And I wonder how long it'll take. I mean, it's funny too how all of that adds to the atmosphere. You know, and watching some of the IU games uh, and getting ready for our clips that we do on the community and then this show, um I can't imagine Assembly Hall without fans. Um yeah. you know, and I'd rather have it. I'd rather have college basketball without fans than no no college basketball. But boy, that is that is a weird, weird feeling. It is. It is. It's odd. It's and it's gonna be odd. It's gonna be especially odd with football. I think it's yes. gonna be, you know, football is the big one where the crowd really impacts a game. Uh more than anything, I think football is is it has a home field advantage. And to just have quiet is gonna be very strange. Extremely strange. Yep. All right, guys, so. I gotta go get dinner. All righty, man. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. Yep, good job. Great talking, shooting with you. Everyone should be set for the season. If they're not, yeah, then they need ready? to replay this over and over. We need to do a course. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All man. right, guys. We'll see you. Later, buddy. Bye, guys. Thanks yep. for listening. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. The Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player five.